When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. And today, we will be continuing covering books, because the strikes are still on. So we will be covering Goosebumps, One Day at Horrorland. Before we even get into the book, though, I do want to say, the other week we talked about how once we record an episode, we forget all stories that we tell each other. Mm -hmm. So I went to dinner with our friend Noor of the Reality is podcast this week and earlier that same day that we went to dinner she had commented on your post of like the random references and she was like I'll never look at hoagie rolls the same then during dinner she mentioned hoagie rolls again and I was like okay what is with the hoagie rolls? she <laughs> said you really don't remember anything you discuss on the podcast so no I don't I'd just like to reiterate this is not a bit we are idiots Truly, like the biggest dumbasses in the world. And for those cuties just tuning in that maybe missed the hoagie roll segment, uh, that was the size and girth of a shit I took when I first started dating my husband. So live, laugh, love. But if you want more details, you'll have to go back to that episode and listen. It's the episode right before this. <laughs> if you want to hear more about my poorly constructed digestive tract, hit one back on the old playlist. I don't go to the doctor often. I know you don't either. Uh-uh. Do you make lists of things that you should talk to your doctor about when you do decide to go or no? No, I just pretend that everything's fine. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I make lists. You know that my thing is like, if symptoms last for longer than a week, I'll see a doctor. So like once we hit day six, if they disappear, I don't see a doctor. But I do have a long running list of like everything that is a problem Mm -hmm. and like for at least two months now, my poops have not been normal. (laughs) Okay. We were talking about poop. I had to continue. No, that K was because I was buying myself time as I contemplated, do I want to ask specifically what's not normal about them? And I think I do want to ask what specifically about them is not normal right now. So it changes all the time. So like when I go to Google, what this kind of poop means? I'm not asking what WebMD is telling you. I'm asking you, what are your poops looking like? I know, but I'm telling you it's not consistently the wrong kind of poop. Like, I'm like, oh, this poop is not right. Let me see what this kind of poop means. And then by the time I look it up, then I have a new kind of poop. So, currently, it's kind of like a cow patty. But then, just a few weeks ago, they were pellet size almost. Like sausages on a pizza. Don't love that analogy. (laughs) All right, so let's talk about the book. God, this is why we need a guest. We just spent the first five minutes of a Goosebumps episode where there's a lot to talk about, literally breaking down and dissecting our poop. It's very much the view. Like before we get into Hillary Clinton, we need to talk about what happened this week. And that just so happens to be inconsistent poops. (laughs) 
So leave us a five-star review and tell us if you think Donnie needs to go to the doctor or if his poops are normal. <laughs> so One Day at Hyraland by R.L. Stein came out in February 1994. Also this month, Harry Styles and Dakota Fanning were born. Huh. Tanya Harding's ex-husband pled guilty for his role in the Nancy Kerrigan attack. Whitney Houston won seven of the eight American Music Awards she was nominated for. Ace Ventura and Mrs. Doubtfire were top of the box office. And The Power of Love by Celine Dion was the number one song on the Billboard charts. Wow. This was a really big month. Welcome to the world, Dakota. And Harry, I guess, too. Oy. I find Harry Styles so hot. He could smack my ass and call me Sally, if you know what I mean. Mm, I mean, I know what you mean. That's a full <laughs> sentence. I don't need to imagine. <laughs> that. I wouldn't say he's so hot, but if he were at a sex party and I like was doing something with someone else and I felt a tongue in my butt and turned around and it was him, I wouldn't say, like, get away from me. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be thrilled. Oh, my. Again. Oi, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> One day at Horrorland. Yeah, let's get into it. So first I want to know, were Goosebumps in your list of go-to books in elementary school? No. So oh. they were obviously like on my radar and my friends all loved them and they were always constantly reading them. I saw them at the book fair. I wanted to be the type of person who read Goosebumps books, but I also was just a huge scaredy cat as a kid Mm, anytime I watched a horror movie I was sleeping in my parents room on the floor for days months Mm. years even really you know that's something for me to talk to my therapist about (laughs) not the cuties we've subjected them to enough so far this is their one day at Horrorland by listening to us talk (laughs) this week but the two that come to mind is there was one where there were like dogs with red eyes that would come out at night and like stalk the main character's house Mm, and then the other one was there was like a girl who was the main character who thinks that her neighbor is a ghost but spoiler alert she is the ghost. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar. One Day at Horrorland, I feel like, is kind of a deep cut for Goosebumps books. But all the other ones, I feel like, are so overdone. And I don't know by who exactly. Mm. But, like, if we did Night of the Living Dummy or The Haunted Mask or whatever, I feel like everyone knows about those. Right. So I said, let me do a deep cut. And... <laughs> Here we are. It was a deep cut. But I will say, Dr. Bald, my husband, was like, oh, my God, that one was my favorite. And he was just perusing through. So I do think that this is a deep cut. But I do think for those that remember it, they're going to remember it. You know what I mean? I also want to speak to Dr. Bald in about an hour when he's finished reading this book, because there is another book about uh, Amusement Park by R.L. Stein. And I think that is what Dr. Bald is thinking of. It's certainly what I was thinking of when I I'm so relieved to hear you say that because I hated this book. I didn't hate it. It just was an hour of nothing happening, Mm -hmm. which will make it wonderful to talk about. And I know that we often say, like, we're not victim blaming. We don't want to victim blame. And then we go on to victim blame. But this book truly was like, these motherfuckers deserved everything that came to them. A bunch of idiots. Mm -hmm. So... If today's episode makes you laugh or scream, please do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A five-star review is the easiest way to grow our audience and this community. Thank you. And to the person that left a five-star review and said, 
also unsubscribe if I get rid of my lisp. I hope that that was enough lisp for you. She sells seashells by the seashore. Wow. Give me five stars. Mm -hmm. There it is. (laughs) So a little background information. The book itself was not good, but it's not because he didn't try. Arlstein drew a map of Horrorland when he was working on this book so that he would know where rides were in relation to others. And he had so much fun working on the map and the book that 10 years after he wrote this, he wrote a sequel, Return to Horrorland, and he wrote a 12-book Horrorland spinoff series. That's too much for (laughs) Horrorland. The cuties will understand very quickly. So what character, if any, do you identify as? I mean, I do resonate very heavily with the horrors, aka Mm -hmm. the monsters, which I did realize halfway through the book, I was just calling them whores in my head because, you know, horrors (laughs) is kind of a strange word to say. I wonder what the cutie that left that five-star review would have to say about the pronunciation of horror. (laughs) Horror. I do resonate with the horrors because I wanted to murder all of the humans in this book Mm. as well. However, I think if I had to pick a human, I would pick Clay, the friend, Mm. because... He knows better, but it's this like toxic friendship that keeps sucking him back in, making him (laughs) overlook glaring red flags. This horrible family traumatized him and they traumatized me. So Clay. Huge props to you. I thought you were going in the direction of saying that you are Clay because you should see the red flags working with me and yet... You still let me terrorize you. But you just left that subtly in the air. So mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. You're getting Thank better. Thank you. You know, I think it's this <laughs> crash course in literacy uh-huh. that my brain is growing at such a large rate <laughs> that I just am learning about things like context clues. You can just, you know, allude. Bring a little. You don't yeah. have to name it by Isn't name. It nice? The cuties knew what I meant. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. Also, I am learning to read Ooh. or at least to not fall into my bad habits. Next week... We're doing Babysitter's Club Little Sister book, which is truly only 96 pages. And I was reading it today and found myself skipping a whole page. So then I just dog-eared it. I was like, it's only 96 page. I'll come back. Okay, wait. I have a bone to pick with you. Number one, I'm really proud of you because that is personal growth development. You're listening. You're learning. You're loving. You're laughing. You're living. I will say there are about... 16 words on each page because it is a second grade reading level. But are you the type of person who folds the page over in a book to mark your place? Well, (gasps) you are. Didn't you ever watch the page master when there's those poor books cried out in pain? Normally, I do not do that. I feel like I mostly own hard copy so then I just take that flap from the front cover and put it where I am Hmm. but I know I'm never going to read this book again (laughs) I shouldn't say this I'll probably just throw it in the trash oh Donnie Well, who do I donate it to? The library? We'll do a giveaway or something. Oh, cute. A cutie can see the very page that you had trouble reading, (laughs) but you're learning to read. I'm proud of you. Thank you. So the character I identify as is the mom. Mm. There's not a lot of fleshed out characters or character development in this book by any means. Putting it mildly. So it was tough to pick someone, but... All the mom does is fight with her husband about whose fault it is that they're lost. And then she wants to 
just go home. She wants to find a phone so she can go home. But then at the end, when she has a chance to go home, she wants to get lunch first. And I was like, this is very me coded. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. I co-sign all of that. <laughs> so for our one minute synopsis, I'm going to read the back cover of the book. <clears throat> The next ride might be their last. The Morris family got lost trying to find Zoo Gardens theme park, but that's okay. They found another amusement park instead. It's called Horror Land. In Horror Land, there are no crowds, no lines, and the admission is free. It seems like a pretty cool place, but that was before that heart-stopping ride on the Deadly Doom Slide and that terrifying experience in the House of Mirrors. Because there's something weird about the rides in Horror Land, something a little too creepy a little too real Ooh. that back of the book was half the length of the book so and better 10 times as good <laughs> really lizzie morris is going through hell on her family road trip to zoo gardens her parents who are clearly on the brink of divorce <laughs> or should uh-huh. be if they're not already <laughs> are fighting over whose fault it is that they're extremely lost her younger brother luke has dubbed himself the mad pincher and mm-hmm. can't keep his hands to himself and she didn't get to bring a friend on the trip because luke's friend came instead i fucking hate this family and originally (laughs) I was gonna say I do resonate with Lizzie however we will get to there is a point of this novel where I turn on her as well Mm. but you know I know that we're not supposed to be like as an empath anymore but I will say as somebody who picks up on energy of other people this energy in the car like this is the type of behavior that would give me immediate diarrhea and a migraine Lizzie keeps talking about oh I'm the calm one of the family and I think that that's just like the older sister trauma where she is constantly walking on eggshells trying to keep her parents' marriage going Mm -hmm. and avoiding her brother's pincer fingers. You know, like (laughs) he is always just behind her trying to shove her, pinch her, squeeze her. And it's like somebody needs to be teaching this boy about body boundaries and consent. I agree. Now, I do spank my sister. (laughs) Yeah, you've said that before and I wish she wouldn't. But do you give yourself a nickname? Do you call yourself like the silly spanker? But I do spank my mom and sister. Okay, you didn't tell about the mother part. You're a mother spanker? I am, yeah. I think I forgot that I told you this because I forget I tell you everything. Uh But also because it's just natural to me. Like it just, boop, like that. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals. So let's spank our sisters like we're on the Discovery Channel as I think how that song goes. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah, so anyway. Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. But R.L. Stein knows what he's doing. <laughs> My family was poor, so I was never an airplane vacation person mm-hmm. um, yeah, until same. like I went to Disney World in high school. Then I finally did. But all my vacations until I was like 17 years old were road trips. So just this opening chapter, I was like, oh, my God, if this was the whole book, <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I actually weirdly do like road trips, especially now that I've become a mom. There's something Mm. about an adult road trip where I'm just so relieved not to be like turning around, breaking up fights or like picking up goldfish from the ground. I don't have road rage just because I grew up Mm. in the DMV. It's just part of life. I don't get mad when there's traffic. 
The only time I feel rage is when people have to pee. Like, I don't know how you and I would do on a road trip because mm. I have a weird superiority complex about peeing. And I've recognized <laughs> this and I am trying to fix it because I understand we're all meant to pee. I understand that I have just been blessed with a bladder that can go like upwards of 12 hours without peeing. And also I'm dehydrated. I am literally a thirsty bitch. I do not drink mm. water. So like I recognize there are many facets of my life that I need to examine. So at that dinner with Noor. We went to dinner first, then we went to Envy by Melissa Gorga. And as we were going to Envy, I really had to pee. And I thought it was just because I was excited. And I said that. I was like, I'm so excited I have to pee. But there was no bathroom in Envy, of course. (laughs) There's barely a store in there. So then when we left, we were going to a different restaurant for dessert 23 minutes away. And I said, I thought it was excitement, but I just have to pee. And I will absolutely not last 23 minutes. We need to find a Wawa immediately. So then she was like, what if we do a Starbucks instead? I feel like that's classier. I said, I'm afraid it's too classy. There won't be a bathroom in a Starbucks without a code. And I don't have time to buy a coffee. I need you to take me to a gas station immediately. So she did. But the point is, I couldn't even hold it for 23 minutes. I wonder if she would have let me pee in an Algene bottle. She's listening to this, so... Maybe she'll answer. (laughs) So since the family has been lost for an hour now, when they see a sign for another amusement park, Horrorland, Lizzie's parents agree to let them stop in for a bit. I want to know, am I dumb? Like, yes, I am. But an amusement (laughs) park is not a place where you stop for a bit. Because this book was written in 1994, so tickets are like $39 a person, probably. So you just have this kind of money to toss away just because you're lost? Right. Well, I guess they were headed to an amusement park, so maybe Mm. it was an element of like either or. To me, I thought they were like on vacation, so they would still be going to the zoo eventually. But like, I don't understand why we just didn't turn around. Yeah. Because they knew how to get home at the end. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm just mad. Okay, if R.L. Stein was taking all that time to draw maps and come up with sequels, (laughs) I think he could have used that energy to fill a few of these holes. Yeah, I agree. Because, again, we are objectively morons. And if we can poke holes so easily, I can't even imagine what somebody with all their brain cells could do with this book. Truly, because I didn't even come prepared with that information. We just came up with it now. Now, to be clear, this book is intended for literal children. That's true. I do want to pat myself on the back a little bit. I was nervous reading a Goosebumps book at night. I was like, am I going to be scared? I wasn't. Not at all. Now, Fear Street, when we get to that, I might be a little scared. (laughs) The only time I remember getting lost, they were just lying to me, actually. (laughs) Can't wait to hear this. So one time, they said we were going to go on a picnic, and they packed the car for a picnic and everything. And then when we were going to go to the park, we got lost. So then they said, oh, let's stop into this place and ask for directions to the park. So we pulled in. And I was a child that was reading Goosebumps book. So I was dumb, didn't pick up on context clues, didn't pick up on plot holes. This lobby of this building we were in was full as shit. I didn't ask questions, but I did see a sign on the wall of Sharon Lois Bram elephant show and I was like oh my god they've played here before yes they did that very day my parents surprised me with a Sharon Lois and Bram concert but they told me we were lost now we also got a flat tire on the way that day too and then afterwards I asked my mom like was that part of the plan (laughs) no (laughs) just the lost would be really committing to the part Who is Sharon Lewis? Sharon Lois and Bram. It's three people. You never heard of the elephant show? 
Skinnamarinka dinka dink, skinnamarinka do. Yeah. What? Their show. Yeah. I mean, I have no idea what that's from. I just know that song. Every episode ended with that. Huh. That's Sharon, Lois, and Bram. I think two of them are dead. So <laughs> be careful what. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for, which I think is another Goosebumps book. But Lizzie wanted to be out of the car, and out of the car she is. Because as soon as they get out in the parking lot, the car explodes. Horrifying. (laughs) That's our first horror. (laughs) Well, the first horror was the first 20 minutes of this podcast. But this is our second horror. (laughs) I really have a hard time with that word, horror. 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 (laughs) I do stumble over the middle of the word. I know the beginning and the end. The middle is a gamble. Again, I do want to ask you, am I dumb? Because Lizzie's parents were not as upset about this as I feel anybody should be. Yeah, their car literally exploded moments after they got out of it. (laughs) Yeah, and they're just like, oh, does someone have a phone? I know. They're like literally living an episode of 24. All the little squares would start blinking. And if they were normal people, they'd be like, holy shit. That was just like an assassination attempt. I feel like they should have wrote a character into this that just sobbed in the parking lot the rest of the book. And then we found them again at the end because that is who I would be. I would not be looking for a phone. I would not be looking for a horror to speak to. I certainly would not be going on rides. I would just be fetal positioned in this parking lot. Well, also, they must have belongings in that car, too. Like... Thank goodness none of them were in there. Can you imagine having that conversation with Clay's parents? Like, oopsie doopsie, he blew up. But it's just really weird. Like, certainly there would be like a fiery inferno in that parking lot. True. The park itself wasn't too crowded, so maybe the parking lot was empty. But we know there were buses in that parking lot. Mm -hmm. So, like, if that car is on fire for too long, that'll travel. Right. And they didn't have any desire to be like, okay, you don't have a phone. Do you have a canteen? We need to fill this up with water. We got to put this out. Nothing. No sense of urgency whatsoever. Not at all. And the parents go to look for a phone, whether that's for 911, whether that's for an Uber. I don't know. But the parents are looking for a phone. However, (laughs) they just let the kids run off and explore. Because with no car, the family is practically forced to explore Horrorland. But luckily, today there is free admission, which another red flag, because an amusement park with free admission cannot be safe. And I don't even mean like Horrorland safe, but I mean like these are rides where your thing will unhook and you will fly out. Yeah. And at first I was super mad. Like, why would these parents leave these children? But then I stopped and reflected. And I think if my child was Luke, I would leave him too. I get it. I get it. And I think maybe they weren't phased by Horrorland because I think that like being Luke's parents is far worse than anything they experienced in this park. And maybe R.L. Stein writes for the kids and the parents. Maybe that is the parents' Horrorland. Yeah. Having to deal with Luke in the back seat, certainly. The Mm. mad pincher, the silly spanker. (laughs) While the kids check out some attractions, Lizzie's parents search for a phone. And Horrorland is exactly what you'd expect from the name, to be honest. There are employees dressed, wink, wink, as monsters called horrors. And they are the ones that like man the rides, work the ticket booth, whatever. And then the park is split into various lands. The werewolf and vampire villages, the monster zoo, and the guillotine museum. 
But the only thing that doesn't seem to fit in theme are the no pinching signs hung around the park, which doesn't make the self-proclaimed mad pincher very happy at all. It didn't make me happy either. Luke is not the only one pissed off about these signs because I know that theme parks need to enforce rules and like know where to go to in case of a fire and stuff, but it (laughs) drives me crazy when theme parks i'm thinking universal i'm thinking disney world i'm thinking just those two right now Mm -hmm. but when they go all out with like decor and then have employees like in costumes not as mickey or goofy or whatever but like on the rides like haunted mansion for instance when they're dressed as ghosts and they're like welcome to the ride Mm -hmm. and they're in character and then you see this neon fucking fire sign to the left like i'm sorry is this the beast castle because the neon sign doesn't seem like it you're really throwing me off here let's either commit or not what is your solution? Well, you are the person who would disguise your poor hygiene rating in the window of Bubba Gum Company. So I would imagine that you'd also want the fire escape sign to really like blend into the library decor in the Beast's Castle. I would. You want to make every room an escape room. You have to put together the clues to get out. Oh, don't get me started there. I hate when escape rooms have a fire emergency door. Like this door is unlocked and I'm just not supposed to not touch it for an hour and pretend I can't get out. That is so stupid. You're like, you want to see me take the record of getting out of this room (laughs) as you open the fire escape door so although their car blew up not even 20 minutes ago the kids check out the doom slide which is made up of 10 different slides but if you choose the wrong one you slide forever to your doom (laughs) would you be riding rides at this point like in my head, my car still set on fire 20 minutes ago. I would be on high alert. Well, I mean, I did say that as an adult, I just pretend that nothing's wrong with me and I don't need to go to the doctor. So denial is a very strong drug. I don't know. If I was at an amusement park, my parents had just abandoned me 20 minutes after my car exploded. I think I'd be like, sure, what else is there to lose? I hope I get the doom slide, you know? (laughs) I have a story about my very own doom slide. Well, (laughs) it's not mine. I was the horror in the situation. It happened to my friend on the Zoom slide. So the last cruise I went on, it was me and my two friends waiting at the top. There were two water slides you could go down. So there was a little girl on one and then like whatever, a little boy on the other. I watched the little girl pee down (laughs) her leg and into the water. I was supposed to go next, but then... I witnessed that, so then I told my friend, like, you go first, you go first. I'm scared. So then my friend slid down in that little girl's piss. (laughs) And then the next day when we were drunk, I recorded it as we told her what happened. What's happening on this side of the screen? (laughs) What is this? Alexa, living room lights bright. What is this? At 10.15, my lights go down. So because it was darker... The green screen stopped working. It looks like you had a boom mic. I was like, speaking of secretly recording, are you on a reality show I should be aware of? Patreon.com slash I am the cute one. If you're watching the video footage, please weigh in in the comments what you thought that was. I was, again, this show is full of horrors. Horrors. Uh, Horrors too. But you know what? That's fucked up for many reasons to make your friend go down that pee pee platter. Uh But you also famously 
pee your pants more than any person I know. So like, what's the little urine for you? What is it? Nothing. <laughs> so then, that's not little girl piss, though. You think yours is less potent than that? <laughs> I am fine going in pools with little kids, knowing they're pissing all around me. Spoiler alert: probably so am I. <gasps> <laughs> that's fun because I just invited you to go swimming. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to politely decline. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it. And now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the force when no one's looking or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. (laughs) 
so Lizzie and Luke go down their slides, but then Clay never makes it out of his. So the two go back to the top and take the slide he took so that they can find him. Now, I have to mention, these siblings are no friends of Clay's because (laughs) they only want to find him because they're afraid their parents will make them go home if it gets out that they lost Clay. Like, they're not worried about him. They just say, like, oh, if our parents come back now, they're going to ask where he is and then make us leave if he's not here. Which is also fucked up on the parents' yes. part. If they lose him, then they'll say, oh, we have to go. Deuces. <laughs> Best of luck, Clay. Hope you like your new home with all these horrors. Horrors. Lizzie and Luke return to the slide, this time taking the one Clay went down. They slide forever, and once they make peace with the fact that the sign wasn't lying and they're probably going to hell, they end up on the other side of the park where, sure enough, they find Clay. Did you ever get lost as a child? No, because I think that, like, for as much as I don't give a hoot and a half about rules now, (laughs) I had intense separation anxiety as a kid. Like, Mm. I would have crawled back into my mother's vagina had I been given the chance. Mm. But my brother was a Mm. maniac, and he didn't give a shit. And (laughs) I remember specifically, we would do, like, sports camps over the summer, and one that we would do is the University of Maryland. I would do the soccer camp. He would do the basketball camp. I was, like, sobbing in my little dorm room the whole time because, you know, again, a go-home but you can't go home at sleepaway camp. He was like nine years old, just running shit at the University of Maryland in the (laughs) summertime. Him and his friends would set their alarms for 5 a.m. because that's when the dining room opened and they wanted to be the first ones in line so they could start their day with like 16 Mountain Dews. Uh. And they would do this. And then on like day three, whatever University of Maryland basketball player was like in charge of their floor, like knocked on the doors and (laughs) a bunch of nine-year-olds were missing. And they were just like walking around Route 1 Uh. high on... Mountain Dew just like checking out the sights and sounds probably visiting the thirsty turtle like for anybody that's not in Maryland route one is the road that runs adjacent and it is just talk about horrors like the highway (laughs) to hell and so when they were found they were told that they did have to wait until 8 30 to drink their Mountain Dews with the rest of the campers at the dining (laughs) hall Wow. They should have got a can that they could bring to their room and drink (laughs) in the morning. You know, like a coffee. Yeah, but I think there was something about, you know, the freedom of pressing that little (laughs) button, getting that fountain drink, you know? I understand. So now that these three stupid fucks have been reunited, (laughs) they think, why not lose each other again? So they head to the house of mirrors, where a sign literally says, reflect before you enter, no one may ever see you again. Yet again, they ignore the warning and get split up, trapped in glass boxes, and then sent down a chute to possibly hell, but it just turns out to be outside instead. I would not have this problem because I would not be in there because I hate fun houses and mirror houses. I feel like it's just there to make a fool of yourself. Like when that circle spins on a fun house that you have to walk in and wobble. No, that's not fun for me. There are people watching on the outside laughing at me. (laughs) This is not happening. What rides do you hate or love? We can be positive, I guess. Yeah, I don't do fun houses either. That little spinny thing makes me motion sick. Don't Uh like that. The house of mirrors, that whole thing. You know, I don't even like saying BM. And I'm not saying bowel movement. Mm, I'm saying the tomato drink. (laughs) Spinning rides make me barf. I bit my dad on the Tower of Terror. (laughs) What the hell? In the picture, I'm like full like, like chomp. How old were you? 
too old. Oh, okay. I also had to ride the cyclone huh. on Coney Island this summer, and I wept during that. Oh. So I don't think I like rides. It sounds like you don't. Yeah. Have you ever rode the pirate ship? Is that the one that goes like back and forth really uh-huh. high? Yeah. Not for a really long time. I orgasm on it. <laughs> <laughs> I <What>? love that. <laughs> Is that a hyperbole? No, I don't come on it, but I do. It makes my privacy single and always has. If you sit in the back chair when it goes all the way up and you're like parallel to the ground, the section of my body between my belly button and taint. Well, that's your stomach dropping. That's not orgasming. No, but it feels euphoric. (laughs) Have you ridden the Tower of Terror? Yeah. Did you have that feeling? Uh Uh-uh. No, only the pirate ship. I, I think hate it's this. I hate this <laughs> well, podcast. I hate you. I hate the pirate ship. I hate you'll Captain really Kirk. hate me even more because no, Donnie. no, 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 nothing. The story doesn't get worse. But the reason I picked this book, I picked an amusement park theme ride just so I could tell this story about how the pirate ship makes me orgasm. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> 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 Now, here's the thing, though. This is where it really gets crazy. This is where. (laughs) I've never gone. Like, it's not like fear where I go to the amusement park with like a boyfriend and get fingered on a roller coaster. I've only ever (laughs) been on this ride with family members. (laughs) So So here I am. (laughs) Tawny. Spanking my mom. and. (laughs) I know this is a podcast medium. I know I'm supposed to. I know I'm supposed to speak. I know I'm supposed to provide words so that we can have a dialogue about what you just said. But there is just so much wrong with the string of sentences you just put together that I don't even know where to begin. Fair enough. I will never be going on a pirate ship with you, sir. Luke is having the time of his life. Not as much as I do on the (laughs) pirate ship. But but he was having a ball. Mm -hmm. But Clay and Lizzie are starting to realize something in the buttermilk ain't clean at Harlem. And it's Donnie's pants getting (laughs) off that pirate ship ride. (laughs) They are ready to go home. A horror warns Lizzie to get out while she can. There are snakes in trees, alligator infested swimming pools, (laughs) bats flying free. And when they ask an employee if anyone has ever died at the park, they're told only once. No one has ever died twice. (laughs) All right. Shut up. This is the point of the book that I did have to remind myself that this is meant for children (laughs) Uh because I couldn't deal with these cliffhangers anymore. (laughs) So for the cuties that are listening that did not reread this book or like me read this book for the first time, there are about on average two to three pages per chapter at some points. And every single chapter ends with a quote-unquote cliffhanger. So this actually, the like only once, no one's ever died twice, this was a great line. This actually would have been a great cliffhanger, but it meant a lot less after every single chapter ended with like, 
And that's when my toe fell off. And then you wouldn't even have to turn the page and it'd be like, chapter two. But then I realized my foot had just fallen asleep. It wasn't my toe on the ground after all. It was an ant that I stepped on. But that's when a ghost gave me a wet willy. Chapter three. Oh, just kidding. It's raining. Like, enough. Enough, R.L. Stein. What are you trying to prove here? And, like, I do understand a good bait and switch cliffhanger to make you turn the next page and keep reading but there's literally a chapter at the end where the horrors tell them like your parents are dead and then they're like just kidding they're not (laughs) (laughs) it's every single time it's like you're going to hell just kidding we turned off the air conditioning i guess he was trying to toe the line of like scaring kids but not traumatizing them but i think just go for gold you know like Fuck those little motherfuckers <laughs> I agree. up. Get them in therapy. I'm going to research and see if any Goosebumps characters ever actually die. Well, the one who turns out it's a ghost. Yeah, but she's dead before it. No, she dies in the first chapter. Oh, I need to read that. We should have read that. <laughs> so Ahara finds the trio and informs them that their parents left a half hour ago with just a short message for them. Goodbye. Now, this was a cliffhanger, so it turns out to be just a bold face lie. <laughs> but given what we know about the parents, I did believe it. Yeah, 100%. The <laughs> twist should have been that those parents had sought out Horrorland so they could just drop Luke off. <gasps> See? That would have been so much better than what mm-hmm. we got. Mm-hmm. Oh, you need to write scary children's books. <laughs> so they do find their parents, and they prove to be just as stupid as their brain-dead children because <laughs> they agree to leave the park, but they want to have lunch first. And instead of walking to the front of the park where the restaurants are, they want to take a shortcut on the coffin cruise where they can float there instead. So they get in their coffins where, surprise, surprise, the lid slams shut, trapping them inside with spiders. Until you turn the page and it says, just kidding. That was computer animation or something. I just hate these parents. I hate everybody. And a coffin cruise, like, you couldn't pay me to be shut in a coffin. Mm. If that was on Fear Factor or something, I could jump out of a plane. I could eat dog shit. I could do a lot of things, but do not put me in a coffin. No. Or pee next to her on a road trip. Well, yeah, that's a non-negotiable. No, I'll keep walking. I'm not doing a coffin cruise. Yeah, it was a weird turn of events where the parents were like so insistent on getting help and finding a phone that they abandoned their children in this amusement park. Like maybe they were trying to overcorrect and they're like, well, we're going to have a nice day. Mm. We've ruined your lives. So like, let's all get in a coffin together. That'll be a nice family memory. Maybe that is what it is because them saying we need to have lunch first (laughs) and then like we didn't get a scene at a restaurant or anything. Like when we said this, I thought they were going to lift up like a tray thing and there would be like rats on it or something. But we never got a lunch scene, but we needed to specify that before we left, we were going to lunch. That was what was crazy. To have me. these people had a drop of water to drink? <laughs> the kids haven't. We don't know what the parents did. They found a bar. <laughs> Just two quick <laughs> and martinis. that's why they need food now to soak up the alcohol. They don't I have a car to drive, so what does true. it matter, you know? Oh, you're right. Get fucked up. <laughs> so, they escape from the coffins and head for the front gate, which last time I'll ask, am I dumb? <laughs> because... Last time I'll answer, Yes. <laughs> what is the car situation here? Did they ever find a phone? No. No to both. They don't have a car and they never found a phone. Right. So I don't know why we had to leave because we're just walking around in a parking lot then. But whatever. 
Again, maybe it's for children. <laughs> We're not supposed to read it with adult minds. Good thing we don't have them. But <laughs> either way, whatever the answer to those questions are, there is a padlock on the gate and a sign that says, no exit, no one leaves horror land alive. And this appears to be true as hundreds of horrors surround the Moores family and things are not looking great for them, but they are looking wonderful for you, Chelsea, because you, one of these people dead since page one. I was cheering. This was my Super Bowl. I was chanting, <laughs> kill them, kill them them go horrors go horrors go unfortunately it was the end of a chapter which means we get a just kidding kidding. (laughs) and this is where the just kiddings become particularly unhinged and i am not saying he has a problem per se but i am saying i think maybe rl stein drinks a little bit because (laughs) with the family surrounded the horrors thank them for being on Horrorland Hidden Camera, a hidden camera prank show on Monster Channel, and inform them that they have a new car waiting in the parking lot. A lot to (laughs) unpack here. Very specific twist. I've been talking a lot of shit about his son, but the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because this dad is insufferable too. He's like, well, I've never seen that show. And then we learn (laughs) one sentence later that this family doesn't have cable. So where would you have seen that show if it were on, Mr. Father, sir? (laughs) Again, team horrors, which if we haven't been clear, the horrors are the monsters. I don't know if we've ever said that. I certainly didn't say what they look like. We just said horrors 98 (laughs) times this episode. One for every page of the book. And every twist. (laughs) And there's two more twists coming. That's not even our major M. Night Shyamalan twist. Buckle up. Because that twist doesn't last long because then the family is thrown into a monster obstacle course where they have one minute to survive. The games are over, they're told, and they now are playing for their lives. So (laughs) I don't know where they came from, but a Hunger Games like announcer, like an MC, announces when one of them is killed and at the end Lizzie's doing the math and she's like, oh my God, two people are dead. My parents are dead. But... Just Just kidding. kidding. Everyone's alive. The announcer was just playing a little prank. Funny. (laughs) Lizzie is pissed, rightly so, and remembers the odd signs from the beginning of their time at the park. No pinching. So then she's like, what happens if I pinch these monsters? And she finds out. They deflate. (laughs) It was at this point (laughs) that I turned on Lizzie. This whole book, I wanted every other member of her family to to perish in a fiery inferno of death. I wanted them to suffer. I wanted the horrors to dance and spit and piss on their grave. Maybe even an Algene bottle. I would give them a (laughs) one-time pass because I hated these motherfuckers. Lizzie, I was like, okay, she's just doing the best she can. She's going to go to therapy (laughs) later on in life. She's going to discover she's not part of the problem. It was her role assigned to her, et cetera, et cetera. No. When she starts pinching these monsters, I want to read a passage from this delightful little novel that you made me read. Wonderful. She pinches, and then she says, See, I always come through in a pinch, I said, amazing myself by making a joke. Now is not the time, Lizzie. Now is not the time, and we are also getting real loose about what constitutes a joke. 
<laughs> to quote Wendy Williams, death, death to them <laughs> all. See, that is very Buffy-like. Like, Buffy couldn't just kill people. She always had to be quippy oh, no. about it. So I read that and didn't even realize that that was a thing. I read it and I wanted to throw my book into the ocean, <laughs> which is what Pepe used to do if he didn't like a book huh. on our family beach vacation, he would throw it into the ocean. Now he was not a litterer, so then he would have to go into the ocean, fetch it, and bring it back. But he would stand facing the ocean reading his books, and we would always know, like, oh, Pepe didn't like that one because we would just see him chuck it into the high tide. <laughs> so the monsters start deflating, and this gives the family time to break into a tour bus that was parked in the parking lot and drive home. And they're in such a rush, however, that they don't see one lone horror clinging to the back of the vehicle. And when they park safely, it jumps at them and says, we forgot to give you your free passes for next year. That's the end. That horror was a Jehovah's Witness. (laughs) I've never met someone more persistent to hand out a pamphlet. I bet he had a short button-down, white, pressed shirt. Our very own Book of Mormon. (laughs) Now, I am not saying that R.L. Stein stole this idea, but kind of. From who? Me. (laughs) I'm exhausted. Did I ever read you the book I wrote when I was seven years old? Sure haven't. Okay, now I do know I forget I told stories, which is why I wanted to ask before I came equipped with this. Stop it. The the Haunted Hotel by Donald Hadfield. It's very quick. I'm going to read it. Okay, wait. For people not watching the video footage on Patreon, Donnie is holding a hard copy book. (laughs) He had it bound. (laughs) Well, no. So my grandma one year for Christmas bought me this like It was a box. It looked like it was a board game. But then you took it out and there were like lined pages like for an elementary. Did you have it? I did one of those. Yeah. Uh, And I wrote a book about my friends bullying me and then I gave it to them. Oh, oh, I got the chills. That's good. No, all I wrote was The Haunted Hotel. Okay. So (laughs) delight us with the story time. I am going to make this a Patreon exclusive because I'm already predicting that there's no good that can come from this. Okay. The Haunted Hotel by Donnie Hadfield, published 1994. <gasps> so I copied off him. Yeah. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> the next chapter starts with just kidding. It turns out Donnie read this book and then wrote his own. <laughs> Last page. It was Damien. He stood up and shouted, where's my money, dude? <laughs> I don't really see the connection to the end of this book which tells me for sure you stole it i was expecting there to be a green monster in the closet giving a pamphlet but no very different stories i still think rl Stein stole it from me but i guess time-wise i stole it from him if that is the case i think i liked the shock of it all like you think the monsters aren't gonna kill him but then they just say here's a free pass whereas my book damien was not gonna kill him he just said pay me bitch dude actually it's very (laughs) bitch coded that's like the time that my cousin and i we wanted to create a band a girl group called us two u2 for short we were told that that name was taken but we wrote i got the chills for you that went woof 
woof, 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 woof. I've got the chills for you, and I'm afraid my dog does too. I was wondering where the woofs came in. I played the part of the dog. She (laughs) played the part of the girl. There was one part that was like, I take an extra long shower. I don't know. It was a whole like very sexually charged song that we performed for our moms. And our moms (laughs) were like, you are seven. This is too much. So we had to make the twist at the end. (gasps) All for the last piece of pizza. That's what we were talking about the whole time and that was the twist was like we were horny for pizza alas that whole lyric combined with like the u2 stealing of intellectual property and the fact i cannot hold a tune us two never sadly took off quite the way we had hoped so final thoughts who would we cast in a movie version of this book or what would we want the plot of a sequel to be Mm. I'll go first because okay. mine sucks. Oh, no. Okay. Well, it's not. it doesn't suck. I actually think it's quite brilliant, but you're going to hate it. Okay. Okay. Number one, I have Jack Black as the dad. Okay. Number two, I have Judy Greer as the mom. So far, I like it. Okay. Number three, I have Jenna Ortega as Lizzie. Okay. I have Manny from Modern Family as Clay, but like Manny from when he was like a child. Yeah. For Luke. This really was quite a conundrum for me because I googled most annoying child stars Mm. but none of them captured the rage and the murder that Luke (laughs) made me feel so for the first time I'm going to be casting a fictional character Mm. in my cast and it is Caillou from the series Caillou the worst character ever to be developed, that bald-headed fuck and his whiny voice (laughs) haunt my nightmares. And so it will be a complete cast and then Caillou as Luke. I mean, that's a little strange of a casting choice, but I don't hate it. I see your vision. Thank you. If you were a casting director, you would just write a Caillou type, and then you would just need little bald-headed fuck kids (laughs) coming to audition for you. Yeah, I think that's And don't slide into my DMs with the cancer theories. I don't care. (laughs) What is shocking to me is that on the Goosebumps TV series, they needed to make this book a two-parter. <laughs> this book is two different episodes long, and I don't understand because nothing happens. It's just they get on three rides and can't find their parents. So in good faith, I cannot say this should be a movie of any kind, but I know we have to make it <laughs> as part of our episode. So what I want to do is use this story that we just read as backstory so like adult lizzie and adult luke are in a scenario that i'll tell you about and we get little flashes of when they were at horror land before now we are gonna cut out the hidden game show and like the one clinging onto the back of the bus to give them season passes we're cutting all that out we're just gonna have flashbacks of like them on these rides that are scary so i think i want adult lizzie played by florence Pugh. she's going to return to the park with luke and her sister-in-law to save her nephew played by lonnie chavez who played young randall on this is us luke will be played by dylan minette from scream 5 and 13 reasons why okay he was judy greer's son in scream Uh 5 and Luke's wife is Kiki Palmer. Okay. Yeah. I just want Florence Pugh, Kiki Palmer, and then Scream 5 guy running around a scary amusement park. I love that. Thank you. Better mm-hmm. than whatever we just read. Certainly. Well, that's a great segue. So final, final thoughts. What about this book aged well and what aged like borders? I think 
just like when you go back and watch old reality shows, I think people in the 90s and early 2000s got away with not having plot of any kind. (laughs) So I think now if someone were to write this book, it would need more of a plot. Plot is an important part (laughs) of a book, generally speaking. Last week we talked about the 70s of it all. I think the 1994 really jumped out in terms of it being dated because none of this would have happened with Google Maps and a cell phone, Mm. especially knowing now that they did know their way back home. I don't know. There were just a lot of plot holes. I don't think there was anything like problematic about any of it. I think actually what holds up well is the reality TV part. And like, Mm. you know, those monsters had no morals and values. And certainly we see those lines being crossed every year on Bravo. So (laughs) I guess that holds up both well and like borders but this book really stunk it was a big old stinker and i was looking at the plot of the sequel return to Harland, made (sighs) in 2004 and lizzie and luke are contacted by these two reporters that do like investigative journalism for scary stuff so then they try to do an interview with the kids and the kids are like i don't feel comfortable doing this and then at the end you find out that the two investigative reporters are undercover as humans they're really horrors and they wanted to kill luke and lizzie if they decided to spread the word of the park to the world and then lizzie pinched them and they deflated (laughs) and she said oh boy we really snuck by in a pinch on that one <laughs> i liked her jokes Ugh, barf. that's gonna be in my my next one <laughs> yeah. um so that is one day at horrorland uh next week we will be covering the babysitter's club little sister karen's haircut i cannot wait <laughs> also cuties if you're following along if you're reading along make sure you don't get the graphic novel version of this story because for whatever reason there's multiple series that have to do with Karen and her haircut and (laughs) Donnie I can't wait for you to meet Karen because you are either gonna resonate with her or hate her guts and I can't wait to find out which oh god well we'll find out next week talk about a cliffhanger (laughs) yeah just kidding just kidding we're covering (laughs) the dictionary all right that is our time we will talk to you later love Love you like like a sister. sister Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to to you later. later. Love you like a sister. sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.